I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. We all know that exercise is good for us. But have you ever felt that actually something about the way you're exercising and moving your body isn't feeling good for you? The whole premise behind exercise is that it's a stress we put on our bodies and it's that stress and consequent recovery that goes on to build strength and fitness. But in a body where chronic illness or autoimmune disease exists, Stress, in the very broad and multi-layered sense of the term, is something that's already very present, both as a precursor to illness and disease, and as a result of it. So what does that say for the way we move our bodies and exercise? And how can we make sure that we're not overloading our systems, triggering flares or deeper or more recurrent illness? And how can we, in fact, do it in a way that feels good and supports our body's ability to heal? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm welcoming the first guest of season 4 to the podcast today. I'm speaking with Andrea Wall, personal trainer and founder of Autoimmune Strong, the first exercise program designed specifically for people living with autoimmune disease. Her exercise program has now supported thousands of people who love learning how to exercise safely, effectively 
and in a way that makes their body feel good. You know, to be able to redefine that for yourself and to know that there is not only one way, but that there is more than one way and that there is probably one right way for you. Mm-hmm. You just have to find it and and you have to you really have to listen. Welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast with me, Alana Holloway, the place where you get to see your chronic illness in a different light, where you get to call on its wisdom and intelligence to help you feel how you want to feel, be how you want to be and live how you want to live, where all of who you are is embraced and celebrated, chronic illness included. I am so happy that you're here. A quick side note on support before we get into the episode. Something I've been contemplating recently is the idea of asking for and accepting support when it comes to living with chronic illness and how it's something that doesn't generally even come up in conversation. As you know, I'm working hard to change that. It's not thought of as the norm because of the common story that surrounds chronic illness, because of the othering that exists around it, because of the lack of understanding as to why chronic illness manifests and sticks around. When we start looking at chronic illness as a very valid and understandable response to certain circumstances, when we see it as a conduit or messaging system for information your body needs you to hear, when we link the symptoms of any chronic illness to events and occurrences in life and see that actually they make so much sense, we can start changing our approach to how we live with chronic illness and give ourselves and our bodies what they actually need and are asking of us. You'll know if you've been tuning in for a while that my signature programme, Your Chronic Illness Ally, is enrolling on November 21st and the waitlist is currently open which gives you early access to the 20 spaces available plus 10% off the full price. We need to be working with and incorporating the knowledge that life and the way you live gets better and feels better, not after or once your chronic illness is in any way less, but as a direct result of you using the intelligence of your body and your chronic illness to guide you in living in a way that's aligned and authentic to who you are and in a way that gives you and your body what you really need. That's exactly what your chronic illness ally is about. That's what it helps you with and that's the support it provides. I really, really believe in this program and how life-changing it is. And I'm not saying that lightly, that's not a throwaway, life-changing, right? I am here and ready to welcome you in with open arms. So please head on over to alanaholloway.com to join the waitlist. I will leave a link in the show notes. So Andrea, let's talk about exercise and movement in the context of chronic illness and autoimmune disease and like why that is even a thing to think about and consider. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's my favorite (laughs) topic of conversation. (laughs) 
Um, well, here's the thing from, from personal experience. And then from like the thousands of women, you know, women that I speak to on a daily basis, when we go to the doctor and we talk about our illness and we talk about how we feel often what the doctor says is, you know, tell me about your exercise. Are you exercising enough? And, you know, and, and if not, then this is what you should be doing. So that is sort of the first line of defense. And I'm not knocking the doctors. The doctors, their advice is spot on because exercise has numerous uh, research studies showing that exercise can actually decrease the impact of autoimmune disease on your individual health. So exercise is 100% the answer. But Mm -hmm. the problem is, is that it's nuanced. And so there's what gets lost in the 15 minute doctor session is the nuance to the exercise because we get fed these messages about exercise from traditional fitness saying, you you know, you have to do, you have to push harder. You have to do this intense amount of exercise. You know, sweat is, you know, sweat (laughs) is your body crying or whatever. No, that's not. Okay. You'll have, to forg- you'll have to forgive me a little bit because I'm recovering from COVID and the brain yeah. fog is real. Oh, really? Scratch that. But you know these messages, you know, push yourself harder, make yourself sweat. You should be using everything you've got, like put it all out there on the gym floor. And mm-hmm. what that kind of exercise does for us is it actually makes us sicker rather than mm-hmm. makes us healthier. And so we do our best to follow the doctor's advice and exercise, and we can't figure out why exercise is making us feel worse rather than better. And so then it becomes this mental cycle where we start feeling like we're not doing it right. We're not doing enough. We need to push ourselves even harder in the gym. And that you know, cycle becomes worse and worse. And so what happens to people is one of two things. One is that they keep pushing themselves until they're, you know, until they, they're having flare ups all the time, Mm -hmm. or they realize that they can't do the exercise. So they do nothing. And both ends of the spectrum, like the too much is the Goldilocks principle, right? Like too much is not good, but too little is not good either. We have to find this happy I call it the gold, you know, the sweet spot, uh, the mm-hmm. Goldilocks sweet spot, where we have to find that happy medium that is enough movement that we get those health benefits of exercise, but it's not too much movement where we start going downhill rather than uphill. Um, and that is what becomes so tricky. And this is why it's my favorite conversation to have, because finding that sweet spot, it's not like there's a recipe for the sweet spot. That sweet spot not only is different for each person, but it can differ for your own body. Yes. Day to day, month to month, year to year, um, you know, depending on other things in your life, you know, the stressors that you have going on in your life, how your health is, you know, what kind of exercise experience you had in the past. Uh, there's a million different factors that factor into how you find that sweet spot. So this is why I love having this conversation because I want to help people find that sweet spot for themselves and then know how to listen to their body so that every day they can wake up and say, okay, I'm going to exercise. How do I make a decision about what is the best exercise for my body today? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And what you said about kind of that sweet spot can vary like in your own, 
in your own body and your own person from day to day, like depending on where you are in your chronic illness cycle, for example, like that's so important to tune into. So say I am a person who's been to the doctors and I've had that advice to exercise, um, you know, as a way of dealing with my chronic illness or autoimmune disease. So I go to the gym and I follow what the internet says or what a trainer says or whatever. What are the first things that I might start experiencing as a result of that not working for me? How do I kind of tune into my body and know that um, something's not quite right here? That's a great question. That's like the million dollar question (laughs) (laughs) right there. Um, So in order for me to answer that question, I want to go back a little bit and explain what autoimmune symptom flare-ups are and also define a term that's really important here called exercise intolerance. Mm -hmm. They go hand in hand. So um, an autoimmune symptom flare-up is exactly that. It is whenever, whichever, you know, there are a hundred plus autoimmune diseases. So flare-ups can look different. Again, they look different for depending on the disease. They look different depending on the person. My flare-ups don't look the same as other members on the autoimmune strong team, their flare-ups are very different. Um, but flare-ups are anytime your symptoms of autoimmune disease flare up. Common flare-up symptoms are always fatigue. That is mm-hmm. like, like, you know, pretty universal. Um, some people, you know, that debilitating fatigue where you're just like, I'm so tired. I can't even think about taking another step or I just need to be on the couch. Um, uh, you know, it can be hair loss, it can be nausea, it can be rashes, it can be, I personally get like flu-like symptoms. I can start Mm -hmm. feeling flare-ups coming when I start getting headaches and I start getting chills and I feel achy all over, like those muscle aches. Um, You know, people with uh, joint um, autoimmune conditions often feel it in their joints. It's like their joints start getting swollen and, uh, you know, and feeling uncomfortable. If for people who have digestive autoimmune diseases, that's where their flare-ups can kind of come as they have, um, you know, constipation or diarrhea or whatever, you know, so whatever your symptoms are, a flare-up is literally that when they become flare, they become more increased and noticeable. And if they're noticeable, that means they're negatively impacting your life. (laughs) Flare-ups are never good. So flare-ups are caused by stress. They're, they're not caused by stress. Stress can make them worse. They are caused by autoimmune disease, but they can be triggered by stress. Exercise is a stressor. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, in order for exercise to work properly, we have to put pressure in the form of, you know, making the body do something that's hard. We have to put pressure on our body uh, to do something that is more difficult than it's used to. And that's how exercise works. But that is a stressor on your body. And if you do more than what your body can handle, that's when you can trigger an exercise-induced symptom flare-up. So there are, so that that's the flare-up concept. The second concept I mentioned that we need to cover is exercise intolerance. And um, we have a certain level of tolerance for stress. So that's when we're able to live our day-to-day lives. We're able to go about our business. Our autoimmune disease symptoms are somewhat manageable. We're living in our area of tolerance. So your exercise has to fit within that level of tolerance. <laughs> Otherwise, mm-hmm. you veer into uh, into what's called exercise intolerance, where 
you exercise more than your body can handle and you trigger, start to trigger those flare-up symptoms. So exercise intolerance is a side effect of autoimmune disease that very few people know about. Um, yeah. It's not, you know, it's just not commonly discussed. So if you don't know about it, then you're going to go to the gym and you're going to follow those instructions that you read on the internet or, you know, you saw on TV and they're going to say like, oh, you know, running is what's best for your health. So you're going to get <laughs> on the treadmill and you're going to like do your thing on the treadmill. And what's tricky about exercise intolerance and autoimmune disease symptom flare-ups is that it's not like you're on the treadmill and you're like, oh, I don't feel so good right now. It doesn't usually happen the same day because exercise produces adrenaline. Adrenaline makes your body feel good. When you break a bone, your body produces adrenaline so that it can mask the pain yes. until you're in a safe place where you your nervous system can settle and you can start, you know, and then you get that like pain rush and you're like, oh crap, I just broke my leg and that hurts really bad. Um that's an extreme example, but when we exercise, our bodies do the same thing. We produce this adrenaline, makes us feel real good. So we leave feeling like, oh, I just had, you know, I had a great workout that felt great. And then we can often have those symptoms a day later, two days later. Sometimes people even get them like, you know, a couple days later. Right. If you're still, if you, if you're in a stress pattern in your life, you know, and you're doing that run on the treadmill in addition, that adrenaline could carry you for a while until it wears off and all of a sudden you're in a hole. And yeah. and that that is the flare-up when you fall into that hole and then you have to go into this pattern of rest and recovery. So then you're not really capable or maybe you are capable and you go back to the gym and you keep running, your hole is going to get deeper and deeper because you don't, you're just digging yourself into that hole. Yeah. So then you eventually hit your bottom and you're like, oh, I don't feel good. So you have to cancel all your plans and stay home and recover. And that recovery isn't quick, nor is it painless. So often I call it like the rest recovery, let's do it again cycle. So we rest, <laughs> we recover, and then we're like, okay, I'm finally healthy again. Now I'm supposed to get fit. So I'm going to go back to the gym and try it again. Yeah. And again, it doesn't always happen. Like the first time you go to the gym either, you could go to the gym for a week and then feel it like. There's no real rhyme or reason. And to get to get to the answer uh, uh, that you're looking for is that to listen to your body, you really need to track this and like understand at when you're first, first, you got to find the pattern. Mm -hmm. So you have to identify um, what is my pattern? Um, am I going to the gym feeling, you know, I used to like, when I was first figuring this out for myself, I would go to the gym. I would have like a really good two weeks at the gym. And then I would have two weeks where my hole was deep and I would yeah. not be able to do anything. And then I'd go back and do it again for two weeks and then have a two week hole. So that was my pattern. Um, so the first job is to identify your pattern, start tracking. Like I went to the gym. This is how I felt. This is how I felt the next day. This is what I did the next day. And then track, you know, on what day did you get a flare up? Um, right. How bad was the flare up? Like day one, day two, in the same way we can track our cycles, right? Same mm -hmm. kind of thing. And then once you start identifying the pattern, you can say, okay, what happens if I do less? What happens if I pull back? Like if I really love my running, what happens if instead of doing 20 minutes, 
I do 10. Mm -hmm. What happens then? Do you track that? Does that help your flare up? Does that not help your flare up? Like you basically have to spend some time being an investigator. And yeah. that is what's going to help you learn how to listen to your body. Um, and it's not really anything that even like I'm a coach. This is what I teach people how to do. And if you came to me and said, you know, this is this is what I want. I want to be able to exercise like this. You know, the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is check. You know, we need to help you of listen course. to your body because mm -hmm. I don't know what your body's saying. Your job is to start having those conversations with yourself. What is it I actually need versus what is it I think I need? Yeah. And those are different. And there's a real struggle with mindset there because we've been given all this information that to be fit and to look a certain way or to be productive in the world or um, to be a, a useful member of society, <laughs> we have to push ourselves. It's not just an exercise. It's kind of in like a lot of, th in you know, in all areas, we have Career, to push ourselves. Yeah. And it's hard to say no. And we do a lot of people pleasing and we, you know, we say yes to a lot of things that maybe we shouldn't say yes to. And mm -hmm. then we find ourselves in that hole. And so then we have to start and saying, like, how do I do less? How do I, because if you're, in, if you're experiencing these flare-ups, the first thing you have to do is recover from mm -hmm. the flare-ups, like a, a real recovery rather than that, like two week recovery. Just and so going I can back get back to, to yeah. Right. Our bodies are like cell phones. If we plug our, you know, you if your cell phone <laughs> dies and you plug mm. it in for five minutes, yeah, it'll turn back on, but it's not going to last very long. And yeah. our bodies are the same way. If we give it a little bit of rest, yeah, we'll be better the next day. But how long is that going to last? Is that going to carry us through what we actually need to do? So that's my advice in terms of listening to your body is first understand what you're doing and how that's affecting you. And then the next step is to start figuring out what is your actual level? What can I do? Like, what's your level of tolerance? What is that top line for you? Mm -hmm. What can I do that doesn't? that I can do day in, day out, every day, you know, repeatedly, that doesn't trigger that big flare-up hole. And that means reducing your exercise more and more and more until you figure out, okay, this is a comfortable level for me. Yeah. And most people are very scared of that because they're like, what if all I find is like five minutes of exercise is all I can handle? But the thing is, is that that's not where you need to be permanently. Right. Where you need to be at that moment. And then from that five minutes, you can add three minutes the next week or five minutes next week. See how your body feels with that. Add a little bit. See how you feel. Accom like get accommodated to that level of exercise. Then add a little more. And mm. you can slowly increase over time because our bodies just because we have this level of tolerance doesn't mean that it's a fixed level of tolerance. Our level of tolerance actually can be increased. Absolutely. But we have to push those push those limits and test very gently. Yeah. And progress very slowly. But if we do that, we can find great success there. Mm, I love that. Something that was coming into my head as you were talking, and this has actually been something I've been experiencing as um going back into exercise in this kind of way 
um but also something that I know comes up in in my work a lot is that idea that you're going to go into a gym or whatever or, or go out running where people will see you basically I think that's the I think that's the the expectation right you've got all this expectation around you whether it's from fellow gym people or other people on the street seeing you do the slowest jog ever or whatever um and that idea that there is expectation there is then going to like twinge on loads of things in your kind of self-concept and they might I can see and I know that they are barriers to to being able to do what's actually right for you and what actually works for you so what are some of the common things that people might start to feel as they are going into that environment trying to do what really works best for them as opposed to what they're expected to do that's a great question and I think that really gets to the heart of that people pleasing aspect of like Mm -hmm. you know I I need it's you're not necessarily trying to make the people at the gym happy, but you know, it's not people pleasing in that way, but it's like, what are, how are they looking at me? And am I, you know, how are they evaluating me? And that's because we're unsure about ourselves because it feels, it feels like we're pushing against the tide when we're doing what's actually right for us. Like what we're being told is good for us is different than what we actually need. So when we're not doing what we're told, it can feel like, oh, do they just think I'm lazy? Do they think I'm, mm-hmm. you know, out of shape? Like there's all those, you know, those, those Again, terms. those words and terms, yeah. Yeah, that can make us, that can really affect our self-confidence and make us start ha- think that way about ourselves. And yeah. so the, you know, the first thing is, is to understand that your, your body is what it is. It's dealing, like, I often, let me see how to say this in the right way. Hmm. I always laugh at the people, at, you know, the people who are, okay, I'll tell you this story. When I was uh, training to be a personal trainer, I was working uh, with a bunch of students. I was 32 at the time or 32, 31. I don't know. I was like <laughs> late twenties, early thirties. I don't exactly remember. Um, And I was with all these like 18 year olds who were, you know, also kind of going through the same thing. And, you know, they were all like captain of the cross team and, you know, really good at tennis and, you know, and and they could lift all this and they could run super fast and super, they were super in shape. And I was like, I am stronger than every single one of them because they, they haven't had any life experience yet. They don't know what it feels like to have to drag myself out of bed and get through my day when I'm fighting this disease that's attacking my body. And when you start changing your perspective that way of like, I'm strong, I can, I, like I battle every day and win. I'm still here, I'm still doing mm-hmm. it. Um, and so when you start, you gotta start finding that pride in yourself instead of, you know, it, it, that that helps to combat the negativity and just know that like what you're doing in the gym is 20 times harder than what they're doing in the gym. Like you're actually crushing it and they don't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like you, you're a superhero. Yeah. Um, and they have no idea because they yeah. can't see what you're battling on the inside. Yeah. So, um, so that's the mindset piece. That said, there are realities. 
if the gym makes you feel that way, start. you don't have to start at the gym. There are plenty of exercises you can do at home. My entire exercise program that I teach is all done on a yoga mat. Like it, mm -hmm. you don't have to go very far in order to get strong. So there are so many options. If the gym does not make you feel good about yourself, don't go. Yeah. It doesn't, it's just as simple as that. Um, find something else that you love and that makes you feel good. It helps you feel, feel good about yourself. Yeah. Stay yeah. out of those danger zones. Cause like, that's like, you know, I don't know. It's just like an added it's like, level it's of... Like, it, it's just unnecessary, right? Yeah. Like it makes you fight against something that you don't actually need to be fighting. It's just another, as you're saying, it's another level of difficulty that we don't need. Yeah, absolutely. And as I was hearing you say that, I'm also thinking like tuning into the idea that actually your body is incredibly awesome because it is so intelligent in telling you like quite specifically what works for you and what doesn't and in that you can find like an exercise or a type of movement that really like lights you up and helps you in so many other areas of your life and bringing I'm thinking about like what people's um aims or goals are with exercise you know probably strength weight loss um general and this is this is a generally speaking yeah. and so how can you almost reframe that and and detach from these goals these again generic goals and see how can I make this really fun and enjoyable and nourishing absolutely I think that the goal definition is really important mm. especially when you're living with an autoimmune disease or any kind of chronic illness when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I think that, you know, it's nice to want to look a certain way, but yeah. we, that that's not, to me, that is not that important anymore. To me, it is essential that I can get through my day and I can enjoy my life. Yeah. That is, and once you start thinking about all the things that you've said no to, all the friends you feel like you've let down because you didn't go out to dinner that night because you didn't feel good, all the walks you didn't take, all the, you know, all the things that you we couldn't do because we didn't feel good. To me, that's the driver. If exercise can get you to get your spoons back, to mm-hmm. regenerate your spoons and to get build energy and to like actually send your autoimmune diseases or to help manage your autoimmune diseases. Like that's the goal is so that you can, um, you know, I mean, sometimes it's really simple stuff. I hear from a lot of people like I need to be able to cook my own food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I need the strength and energy to be able to go home after a work day and cook the food that makes me feel good. I, you know, for, especially for moms, I hear a lot, like I need to be able to run around after my kids or, um, you know, older women who are retired and want to travel and get the most out of their life. Like whatever brings you joy that you're not able to do, that's the driver. It shouldn't be about the weight loss or fitting into a certain kind of certain gene size. Like that will, that's not necessary. It's, it's a happy side effect, though, because if you dial in your exercise and your body starts to feel good about itself, like inside, yeah, you know, you heal from the inside out. So mm-hmm. in many, many ways, right? Yeah. In many, many ways. So, yeah, I, you know, I definitely encourage everybody to get away from the physical. That's not actually what exercise is for. Exercise is for keeping you strong and fit because no matter how old you are, we are getting older. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, we need to be able to maintain balance. We need to be able to maintain strength and build muscle. Like all of that stuff is critical um, yeah. to our health and well-being. That should be the goal of exercise. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, something you have mentioned in this call, but also um before was the idea and the the fact that exercise can help you help your symptoms improve but also help you get out of that flare-up cycle and um, can you yes. talk about how that happens so that's when adrenaline can be helpful like yeah a little bit of, of adrenaline can help uh too much adrenaline can cause a lot of trouble <laughs> too much cortisol <laughs> um can you know can can again uh take us into that deep hole but first off um when you exercise, let's, you know what, before I answer this question, let me cover another topic, which is that the type of exercise you do really does matter. Yeah. Um, because you, you can do whatever exercise you want, as long as you have some foundations within your exercise routine. One of them is making sure that your muscles and your fascia and all of your connective tissues are nice and supple and hydrated and taken care of. And so that's a combination of drinking enough water. And I personally 
recommend foam rolling as a tool um, to help break up the tight fascia because, um, you know, and release those, the, the, those muscles and then stretching is really important because when we live with chronic illness, we, our bodies are in pain. Mm-hmm. And so we hold, we go into that freeze state, we hold and everything can, you know, because if your body is frozen, can't feel pain. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Right. And so we hold, we often hold on so tight that we don't even know we're holding on so tight. And so giving your bodies, giving your body um, some time to release and um, not have to carry all of that. There's a book, which I'm sure you're aware of, The Body Keeps the Score, Yeah, (laughs) which is the foundation of what I'm talking about, which is like, we hold on, our body holds on to these pain memories and we need to give it a break. We need to give it a rest. Um, So, so making sure that you have that opportunity to stretch and, you know, release your connective tissues. Massages are always nice um, if you can get there. Um, So so that's the first. The second is core strength is always, always essential. And the best thing about core strength is no matter what your level of tolerance is, core strength doesn't take that long. Like mm-hmm. the first exercise in the autoimmune strong program is a core exercise. You can literally do it for two seconds a day and get uh, and, and have effective change happen. So yeah. you don't have to spend of, you know, 30 minutes in the gym in order to start getting strength. And the reason why core exercises are essential is because that literally holds our body up, like our right. core. And I'm not just talking about doing sit-ups or crunches because those only work one muscle, which is the rectus abdominis, which runs down the front. And basically that muscle is big. Wants to see. <laughs> those are the six pack abs, right? <laughs> the, the ones everyone wants to see, but they're not actually very practical. Right. They're, I mean, they're a part of our body and they are important, but they're kind of like the last layer. They're uh-huh. the, the glamour muscle. Um, <laughs> their job is to pull you up, like to bend over and pull you up. They have one job to hinge, like to help you okay. with that, that to the, uh, that hinge. Um, but you have all a lot of other core muscles that do more than just help you hinge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a core, a core muscle called the transverse abdominis, which actually acts like a corset inside of our body. It wraps around the front of our, our belly and the back of, and, and around our back, literally like a corset mm-hmm. and it holds our spine up. It holds our organs in place. It holds our pelvic, it helps, you know, lift our pelvic floor. Um, all of those things are pain relievers because as you get older and as you're living in pain, like how many people are suffering from back pain, neck oh my pain, God, yeah. shoulder pain, because our cores are weak and our back are all those upper body areas are trying to hold us up. They're try- They're like, dear God, help me up here because yeah. everything, you know, the rest of it's sort of like floundering. Um, again, when we're living with chronic pain, we have so much pain, we don't need additional pain. So we're fighting against this additional um, stressor on our body that if we just do a couple of minutes a day of core exercise, we can make that, you know, we can help that. Yeah. Obviously, like there are extreme examples of injuries and, and things, but like, of course, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, core exercises are always the place to start. Um, you know, and, and, and then 
it's like an onion. You start there and then you start peeling the layers. You work on the hips, you work on the feet, you work on the leg, you know. So what I'm saying is, this is a long way around saying like, <laughs> I started by talking about running and cardio is great. Yeah. But there is this idea that that's what exercise should look like. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, cardio has a lot of benefits, but if your body's not strong, the cardio is only going to make your problems worse. Yeah. Yeah. I experienced that myself, like, I don't know, last year or something. And I was, you know, I've never liked running. And I was like, I'm going to try running because why you have just explained exactly why I went to that. And I, and I tried the couch to 5k thing. Cause I thought oh, that's a really gentle easing me in, but literally like after the first two sessions, I think my knees were in agony. And for like months afterwards, I just could, I, you know, I could barely even like walk and, and then I stopped, I stopped exercising because my body was in pain. Right. right. And it's just, and it's, so that's, I mean, and that's nothing to do with my like personal chronic illness. That's, just my joints yes. <laughs> you know at this age <laughs> right and and who needs that additional thing uh, you know yeah. thing to fight against yeah you don't need that so I I bet that if you had if you try again and you want yeah. to do the running adding some foam rolling and some stretching and some core strength and some hip stuff would go far yeah. in helping you actually get to your 5k goals yeah and it's so interesting, actually, going back to the earlier messages we were talking about, you know, like push through the pain. And that's so like embedded in exercise culture, isn't it? And fitness culture, this yeah. idea that you push through the pain to get to your goals. And it's just so opposite of what we need to be doing um, it's, and with it's, our bodies. It's, it's not just even opposite. It's like hard for us to acknowledge and also hard to put out there in the world. I'll give you yeah. a personal example, which is I just, I told you at the beginning of this, I'm, I'm just recovering from COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, COVID was not easy. Um, and so one of the things that I know how to do is to manage my step count. Um, mm-hmm. because I'm a mom, I have two kids, I have a job. I've, you know, I'm all, I'm moving all day, all over the place. My step count is insane. I know that if I move too much, I will cause a flare up. So I have started, this is, this is for me personally, this is not a prescription for other people. Like everybody's body is different, but I know that I had to pull back to like 5,000 steps or less. Mm -hmm. And I need to do that. Like I need to make sure I can get out of this COVID recover really well so that then I can start adding. Yeah. So I'm checking my phone and I'm like halfway through the day and I've hit 5,000 steps. And I'm like, well, crap, there are my 5,000. <laughs> and so, you know, like my son comes home from school and he's like, mom, let's go for a walk. And I'm like, no. And the thing that I, I want to do, like, who wants to say no when your kid wants to go for a walk with right. you? Like, it's good for him. It's good for us. It's time together. And I'm like, no, I've hit my step count. I cannot. Or, you know, we were talking about either going out to dinner in a place where we'd have to park and walk. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, I can't do that. Not this, you know, we're going to have to wait a couple of weeks before I can do that. And being able to have the confidence in yourself to say, that's not going to work for me. Can yeah. we do something different? Can be very challenging for people, both inside, because you don't want to feel like everybody has to accommodate for you and the, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
and um and then you know i there's a lot of like guilt feelings there and then mm -hmm. you know everybody else wants to go to this thing and you know i'm like well you guys can go without me or we can make a change and you know and we'll try it again in a couple of weeks when i i can do that walk or oppositely what i maybe should have done was said we're going to do this thing tonight so i need to be really careful about my steps during the day i need to make sure i don't go you know i manage yeah. myself early so yeah. it's it's like money right we don't have like uh, millions of dollars to spend so we have to figure out like how do i save for the things that matter right it's so i'm saving my steps for the things that matter um it might be that with your running you're taking too many steps yeah I've in never the beginning because that couch to 5k is not personalized to you no of course that's not helping you you're following a prescription that is whoever built it thought that this was the best way to do it but they don't know your body they don't know what other demands you have on your time. They don't know that, you know, you not only do you have chronic illness, but that maybe you had, you know, had a really hard day or or had just come back from a strenuous, I don't know, whatever it is in your life, like stressors happen. Hmm. And so maybe the, that couch to 5K was pushing you too fast and you needed to put, take it, you know, take what they said and quarter it. Right but they didn't tell you that. And, take, and if you yeah. don't know how to listen to your body, you're not going to know how to do that. So that's that. where it becomes really hard. And then it's, you start feeling like, Oh, well, my knees are a problem. <laughs> yeah. Right. But maybe it's not that your knees are a problem, but maybe it's just that your knees weren't acclimated to the amount that they were asking you to do. And there's one way to think of that is like, oh, well, I'm just not fit the way that they want me to be fit. But the other way is oh. this is just not my body, what my body's capable of yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. I might be able to do that in a month if I work for it. I talk about in, in my program, I talk a lot about, we call it training for everyday life. Like the way that a professional athlete trains for their Olympic event. Mm-hmm you might need to train for that couch to 5k like yeah and you you know are training to be able to go i don't know whatever do whatever it is that you want to do in your daily life yeah i can see that there is so much acceptance and compassion that comes into this work and what you were saying about the step counting i have never thought of using it in that way to like measure your you know your spoons I suppose your your step spoons and that's step genius spoons are, I like that step spoons that's a real thing <laughs> um, you know I think that is a genius idea and I love what you were saying about it's that it, being able to make that into a choice rather than a, a I can't or I need to do you know what I mean it's like when you look at your day I mean you didn't know your son was going to come home from school and be like hey let's go for a walk but mm -hmm that's something that you can kind of maybe anticipate he might come home and I love what you were saying about you know earlier in the day you could have made that choice to or adjusted what you were doing so you had that left and then yeah. you could have chosen to go on that walk but what I also love is the fact that your son is able to witness you making these decisions like however hard they may be and however perhaps 
not true to what you might want to do in that moment you're doing what's best for you and that's like such a lovely thing for people to witness and it's such a a leading by example thing right and I I love that well and I think I think the really important thing there is that I used to have a lot of trouble advocating for myself because I didn't want to be seen as a sick person yeah, and I think that that for many of us is is universal. Is like I don't want people to have to think of me as a sick person. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a way to set expectations beforehand. Like my friends know this about me; they know that I say yes to some things and I say no to other things because I can only extend myself so far. But that doesn't mean I love them less. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and and because we talk about it, not ad nauseum but we do talk about it a little bit and Mm -hmm. then they understand that I only have so many spoons and that um you know and and that uh I have to make hard choices and that I don't enjoy making those choices but that I have to in order for my health and the people that love us ultimately they want us to be healthy of course but oh there's there's an additional piece. So I guess what I'm saying is it's important in the healthy times to have these conversations with the people you love and that mm-hmm. the people who are around you to be able to say like, you know, Hey, right now I'm feeling really good, but like, just, so you know, if, if, you know, there are times where I may need to say no to something and it's not because I don't want to hang out with you, but it's because I, you know, you can explain spoon theory and that's always really helpful. I only have so many spoons and, you know, and there are times where I have more spoons and times where I have fewer spoons. And right now is a time where I have more spoons. And so I can totally do this and I love it, you know, but that thing you asked me to do like tomorrow after I'm doing this also thing today, that's going to push me beyond my spoons. So, so once you start kind of practicing setting those boundaries, you'll realize that people don't actually see you as a sick person if you handle it well and set the boundaries and the expectations that you're not just being quote unquote lazy or not wanting to do something or being lame or whatever Mm -hmm. it is like that this is what you have to do for your health and one of the difficult things when it comes to exercise is that most of our friends and family have are drinking the Kool-Aid that that <laughs> we have also been drinking where they see what is healthy movement as, you know, dictated by traditional fitness. And so they often want to give you like, you know, nudges and tips like, oh, but you'd feel better if you just did some yoga or you'd right. feel better if you did a couch. To, what if you tried a couch to 5K? I bet you that would make you feel better. Mm-hmm. And so it does kind of put that on us to have to explain a little bit about, you know, yes, this is how fitness is talked about in the media, but that's not actually how fitness works for people with chronic illness. And here, I have to adjust my fitness a little bit. It circles back to that conversation we had earlier where it can make you feel really, you know, down on yourself to have to do that. But once people understand yeah, that's, you know, if you explain it to them, they'll they'll get it yeah absolutely Um, so setting those expectations um around you it can then become like a game at least for my kids they're like 
you know, as we're planning our day, they're like, well, we just, you know, specifically right now, because right now I'm in a, in a, a recovery session mm-hmm. period of time, you know, they're like, well, let's make sure that we can create whatever it is we're doing. But like, how do we make sure it's under the 5,000 steps? And it becomes mm. a little bit of like a, a game or a thought process. So yeah, mm. I'm trying to raise children and speak to the, in the same way that I'm, I kind of speak to the world about this of like, we need to redefine the expectations we set for movement and for spoons and um, this whole idea of pushing in all aspects of, I mean, there are certain times where you don't have a choice. Yeah. Most of the time you have a choice. And mm. so trying to really get clear on your priorities and then figuring out how you can baby step into those priorities and progress over time rather than going, you know, from zero to 60 <laughs> yeah. under, under 10 seconds. Yeah. What I love about that is I've got a kind of thought that people who live with chronic illness and autoimmune disease, we are leading the way or we kind of lead the way for how like the human race actually might evolve in terms of really listening to our bodies and doing what our bodies need and ask of us and oh I love that <laughs> that um you know and I I'm very apprehensive about saying that because the thought of being a leader comes with thoughts of loads of energy and you know it being really like a big thing you've got to like put your energy into but actually no you're doing it already and you can do it in a really gen- gentle way and I love the idea that you're talking to your friends and you know you're saying you're setting your boundaries and expectations and they're kind of going away from that going oh do you know actually like family life really tires me out or my work really tires me out or actually I do have like niggles in my body and I really want to be able to like listen to my body and say that these are my boundaries and my expectations and that's really cool watching you do that because now I feel able to do that myself um that's great yeah and I just think yeah I just love the idea that actually the whole human race needs to start listening to their bodies more and stop following this these generic ideas of what a human and expectations of what a human should be and how they you know produce and contribute and become part of society and all that crap um absolutely yeah so I love that um you asked so I always ask a question that is um based on kind of what you would like to ask me or the audience and I also want to ask you that question um and that is what have been your challenges and roadblocks and obstacles to exercise um so to the audience that is a question but also um to me I think that has been coming out of I kind of got involved in like university exercise and and in that whole world and the message was so much like empty the tank and don't leave anything behind and blah, 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 you know, all of that. And coming out of that, I think has been a big challenge for me in not thinking that my body isn't as capable as it used to be or whatever. Um, and, and doing what is right for my body. Um, and I'd love to reflect that question back to you. Um, what was your initial challenge and roadblock to exercise? You know, it's a great question. My identity was as an athlete. Mm-hmm. I grew up an athlete. I 
uh, you know, when I was in my twenties, I, I trained for marathons. I was a runner specifically long distance runner. And that was like a huge part of who I was. And so when I got sick or, you know, I, I had a two year period where I was undiagnosed and I didn't, I was really quite sick and I could not do what I had always done. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge pull for me because I thought I knew who I was and I, you know, and I had a whole idea of how I manage my stress. Like I manage my stress by going for a run and I, you know, and, and there were mm-hmm. all these, um, I mean, it was just, and it was part of my weight management and it was part of it. There was like a whole thing. I was, it was just, I had never thought about my life without it. And then all of a sudden I had to redefine what exercise looked like to me. And I felt at the time that there was only one way and I couldn't do that one way. And therefore there was nothing available. And um, so, you know, to be able to redefine that for yourself, And to know that there is not only one way, but that there is more than one way and that there is probably one right way for you. Mm -hmm. You just have to find it and, and you have to, you really have to listen and that listening can be scary. And because not only are we undoing that, I was undoing that perception of myself as an athlete, but then I was also you know, that's how it every I reflected in the outside is that like everybody knew me as that. And so all of a sudden I was a different person to them. Mm. And um I think the fact that we're sitting down and having these conversations, <laughs> that this was, you know, a long time ago. And these conversations were not available to me. I could not sit down and like listen to a podcast and hear two people talking about how right they redefine their exercise. So I think the most important thing is that you're not alone in these, like for, you know, for any not doing your, it feels like you're alone in the struggle, but these struggles are way more common than any of us even really know. Cause I hear every day from women saying like, no, I don't know a single other person that goes through this. And I hear that from thousands of people. So I'm yeah. like, okay, that's not possible. It's just <laughs> that we're not, we're not talking about it. And we're not, you know, so there's more than one right way. Taking a beat and listening to yourself is really important and knowing that you're not alone. To mm. me, those were the three components that helped me redefine who I am as an athlete. And I'm still an athlete. It just doesn't look the same. Oh, I love that. Thank yeah. you so much, Andrea. I love that. I'm still an athlete. Like, it just doesn't look the same. What a what a beautiful sentiment to end on. Oh, and your program, Autoimmune Strong, it's the auto... I know you do your 14-day challenge, um, which is available all the time. Can you just tell everyone about that and, and where they can find that? Sure. So um, the 14 day challenge is one of my favorite things about Autoimmune Strong because it gives you uh, 14 days of these tiny bite-sized exercises. The goal is to help you figure out how to listen to your body and how to start small with Mm -hmm. these effective exercises that you can do in just a minute or two. So that doesn't have to be really overwhelming, but you can start 
um, understanding what progression kind of looks like. And Mm -hmm. we start teaching things like core exercise and foam rolling and all of those um, exercise foundations that we talked about earlier. Um, And it, it helps you kind of do that internal tracking. Um, There's a lot of mindset videos in that 14 day challenge too, that asks really important questions to help you dig into what are your obstacles? What are your how are you perceiving your body? How are you making choices and helping you kind of, we guide you so that you can decide how you need to manage your own spoons, exercise spoons. Um, nice. So, so that's the 40 new challenge. Our next one is going to be running um, the, oh, it's right after Thanksgiving. We're, our next challenge is going to happen the, the, uh, weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas because that's when people need the most help. That is the time when everybody's like, I'm too busy. It's too fun right now. And then come January, everyone's in a flare. (laughs) (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. So we're trying to prevent the January flare by helping you feel good during the holiday season rather than waiting until afterwards. Um, so that's the 14 day challenge. You can find us at www.getautoimmunestrong.com mm-hmm. and you can find me on Instagram at, at getautoimmunestrong. And um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And if you have any questions, just reach out. We can answer them. Lush, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. I found that whole episode and all of Andrea's wisdom so so insightful and honestly since following Andrea and being introduced to her work the way I've approached movement and exercise has really changed you might have heard me talk about it on a few previous episodes but I am now choosing to move my body in a way that is away from all the kind of expectations or the norms or whatever you call it and is really all about me feeling good and healthy and strong in my body and also listening to my body and knowing what it needs and answering that. So check out Andrea's work, check out her Instagram and her website and her program, Get Autoimmune Strong and sign up to her 14 day challenge and see what it can do for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And what would their support squad unleash in you is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.